It looked like the Saints might be close to deals with linebacker Anthony Barr and running back Kareem Hunt, but instead they signed neither. What happened? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, if you want to continue the conversation one-on-one with me, get in on our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints today. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every single Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're looking at seven things we want to see in the next 11 days of practice here at the halfway point for the Saints in training camp. But we're also going to take a look at the seven things that we've learned about the New Orleans Saints in the first 11 practices. So we're going to get through that. But first, what happened with Anthony Bunt, uh, Anthony Bunt, Anthony Barr and Kareem Hunt? Neither the linebacker nor the running back signing a contract with the New Orleans Saints, both leaving without a deal. And it looked like things were going to be on their way to that deal getting done. There were reports out there circulating that the Saints were expected to sign both players based upon physicals, things like that. We saw a lot of celebration amongst the fan base, particularly when it came to Kareem Hunt, people that thought that these guys were going to be able to come in and have a pretty good impact for the New Orleans Saints. And if you caught yesterday's episode, which I thankfully recorded before the signings and waited until anything was official before recording another episode, so thankfully I didn't do an episode about them actually signing, um, you saw me talk about how much of a perfect fit I thought Anthony Barr would be for this New Orleans Saints defense. Now, look, the door is still open for both of these players. It sounds like Kareem Hunt was given a better monetary deal by the Indianapolis Colts, so he might not have even actually done his workout with New Orleans. It sounds like he just went straight to Indianapolis, so we'll see what happens there. And if he ever returns to New Orleans or doesn't sign with Indy, we'll see what happens with all of it. But Anthony Barr seems to be like a different case. They worked him out. He passed his physical, but they didn't sign. So that means that either the numbers weren't right. Uh, maybe Anthony Barr wanted to make sure that he saw other opportunities that might be out there. Or perhaps it was an organizational decision not to go through with the contract form. We don't know. Uh, but in any case, neither of those players are New Orleans Saints. And doesn't sound like they're going to be New Orleans Saints any time Soon, So the Saints still have a hole that they need to fill at running back, knowing they're going to be without Alvin Kamara for three games, knowing that Eno Benjamin is done for the season, and potentially Kirk Merritt could be out for an extended amount of time with a hamstring injury. We'll see and learn more about that today during practice uh, or maybe after practice. 
And then at the linebacker spot, you're still looking for help there. You were looking for help there before Andrew Dowell went down with a season-ending injury. You were looking at help there before Demario Davis uh, was pulled for you know was held back from practice dealing with a calf injury that he had to get imaging on. So I think you're still looking for players at either of those positions. You're just not looking for top dollar players. You're looking for folks that'll come in, kind of help you get through training camp, and maybe in the running back spot, you're looking for somebody that's going to be able to come in and help you figure out like. What are we going to do over the course of three games without Alvin Kamara? The question that the Saints might be asking. So here are a couple of players that could help uh, at running back. I'll start with J.D. McKissick. Uh, has caught 150 passes over the course of the past three years. If you're looking for somebody that's going to be able to maintain that Alvin Kamara playbook, mix in and be able to catch passes for you with that with that sort of specialization, he can absolutely be that guy. Uh, he's had a long, successful career as a pass-catching back. He also adds 4.4 yards per carry during that span as well um if the idea of hunt getting a better offer from the colts was the deciding factor that pulled him away from new orleans that means that the decision was monetary it seems like jd mckissick could be had at the price that whatever it is that the saints set their price at because if he got a call and said hey and you know the colts are offering me this much y'all are offering me this much i'm gonna go see the colts that also means that the saints didn't necessarily say okay well we can match that or we'll come up above that or anything like that so if that's the case, they have a price set, and it seems very likely that J.D. McKissick would come up under that price. And because of that, likely a vet minimum deal, that kind of solves the problem that we introduced in yesterday's episode, signing Cream Hunt. What do you do with the guy after the first three games when Alvin Kamara is back, and now all of a sudden you've got Alvin Kamara and at least Jamal Williams ahead of that new signee, maybe even Kendra Miller ahead of that new signee as well. This would kind of help you solve that problem. Another way that they could go is go back to David Johnson, who they signed last year. He's a little bit more familiar with the system. You only need him for a few games. You don't need a ton from him at all. So that's an opportunity for you to go out and grab somebody that you can, you know, kind of putz away with over the course of those three games and then probably move on from once Alvin Kamara uh, gets back to your roster. When it comes to linebacker, there's not really a lot of good talent left out there on the market. I mean, there's a few players, don't get me wrong, but in terms of what it is that the Saints are looking for, probably not necessarily the routes that they want to go. Um, one way they could go is go to somebody that they know, somebody familiar, and that would be Vince Beagle. Um, the issue with him is that look, he looked like he was on track to make the 53-man roster last year in Baltimore, but then he had the Achilles injury, and that's been his issue with staying healthy. It was his issue here in New Orleans when they traded him away to, to Miami to bring in Kiko Alonso, um, is that you kind of saw him not be able to not see, have his body kind of hold up. But if you just need a body for camp and he's available – um, he's probably worth at least calling up, you know, if you're just looking for somebody to help you get through camp. Uh, but I, I, you can't expect him to carry on through, uh, the season at all. And you certainly can't expect him to be somebody that you can rely on in season. He's only played six snaps since 2020. So not a great look there. Uh, there are some other solid options out there as well. Emerson Smith is another name at linebacker. He loves to rush the passer. Uh, he's a core special teamer as well. He had a blocked punt for the, uh, for the New York Giants. Uh, I believe that was just last year. Again, also coming off of an injury, as many of these guys are. Just looking at some of the inside linebacker options, guys like uh, like Jayon Brown, who was formerly of the Raiders. Uh, Micah Kaiser was also Kaiser was most recently of the Raiders as well. John Bostic is another veteran for you, 32 years old, as opposed to Anthony Barr, who is at 31 years old. Kyle Van Noy, also 32 years old. He was brought in on a visit with a couple of other teams here recently. So um, 
there are some options out there, but there's not really anybody that you're going to sign that's going to immediately leap, I would say, even Zach Bond at this point uh, to be able to come in. And with the way that things went with Anthony Barr, it's clear that the Saints are being picky about who it is that they bring in at that position. And that matches what they've been doing so far in not signing players to that position when they very clearly have a need there. So clearly there's something going on within that linebacker room that the Saints either really like or they've dug their hole so deep that they can't really figure out exactly where to go next in terms of finding backup, finding you know talent, finding what it is that they're looking for. Maybe they just have missed out on so many guys at this point that they can't really find the guy that they feel like is going to be the right fit for them, which happens. It happens. And at least it's happening at a non-premium position or a non-premier position like linebacker as opposed to a premium position like left tackle or quarterback or you know wide receiver or whatever. I put a tweet out yesterday that, you know, general manager uh, Mickey Loomis, as well as director of pro personnel, Michael Parenton and the pro personnel department have done a really good job this offseason because they have rebuilt this roster, reconstructed this roster, let's say, and have been quick to re-engage and readdress positions where there are new holes. And that was before we didn't know that Kareem Hunt and Anthony Barr were signing, but I still think that that's true. Them even bringing those guys in is still a nod towards that. So they'll find what they need to find and they'll find what they can find. That's for sure. Based upon what we've seen from uh, that department all throughout the offseason so far, filling the quarterback spot, rebuilding the running back spot, rebuilding the defensive tackle spot, the tight end spot, the, the safety spot, so on and so forth. They'll figure it out, but right now, clearly, it's a little bit of a struggle at the second level over in the defense. All right, let's get to seven things that we've learned about the New Orleans Saints over the first half of practices. Before we take a look at seven things, we're still waiting to figure out. we got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, and this is probably my favorite format when it comes to fantasy football, best ball. I am a very busy person, and so I'm the type of guy that you put in your league that sets his lineup for week one through maybe week four and then doesn't touch his lineup ever again. Yeah, I'm that person. You hate me. I know it. But that's why I love best ball. Let me tell you about best ball with Underdog Fantasy. All that you do is your usual live snake draft. There are no waivers. There's no trades, no player swapping, anything like that. And then underdog sets your best lineup every week. So if somebody in your bench outscores your start, if a quarterback on your bench outscores your starting quarterback, they'll automatically optimize your lineup each and every week. And then whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins. Nice and easy, set it and forget it style of play. And you can try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest ever is back and bigger than ever as well. With $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, including $3 million going to just the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their uh, their draft in July. So don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in your app store and sign up with the promo code locked on, all caps, L O C K E D O N, all one word, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's fan, that's underdog fantasy promo locked on. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. we got seven things that we've learned about the New Orleans Saints so far over the course of the first half of training camp. 11 practices up, 11 practices left. So what have we learned? And it all starts 
with quarterback Derek Carr. Appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day. And of course, everybody for checking out the show up. So let's start off here. We're going to go through seven. So it's going to go a little, little bit rapid fire, but I wanted to leave a little bit of space to discuss. Uh, but Derek Carr looks Good. Lyricar looks as advertised. He gets players in and out of the huddle. He's been able to distribute the ball well. He has not thrown an interception in camp thus far, especially during team drills. Um, he hasn't given the defense a lot of opportunities to even be in position to take the ball away. Um, led a great two-minute drive that I think was intended to end in a field goal to give Blake Groupie that opportunity at the end of that drive. But that's kind of been his specialty throughout his career is leading those game-winning drives. He's certainly way up there from 2014 on, those two-minute drills, all that stuff that he does. Um, he looks as advertised and has built his connection with these receivers and pass catchers incredibly well and the offense incredibly well. So everything that you were hoping for the New Orleans Saints to be able to turn around here in 2023 at the quarterback position, it looks like they're in line to do so. Another player that's looking really, really good is Alvin Kamara, the running back who I know is going to miss the first three games of the season, but Alvin Kamara looks to be back. If you want to learn more about how Alvin Kamara got his groove back. You should go and check out uh, Nick's piece over at New Orleans.football. Underhill did a fantastic breakdown of kind of what the science is behind all of it with Dr. Ray and all of the, the other folks that, you know, Alvin Kamara has kind of brought in to help him work through everything. Make sure you go and check that out. It's incredible and it gives you a lot of context to the work that goes in over the offseason to be good and ready to go in season. And it's clear, it's clear watching Alvin Kamara throughout practice that he is him like he is Alvin Kamara he is back and so it's great to see that and I can't wait to see that out on the field especially now that you have the compliment back with him and Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller and whomever else they go out there and find Kareem Hunt or otherwise um that you'll have that kind of the the right kind of compliment to him more like uh, uh Mark Ingram more like Latavius Murray of the past so that he can focus on being that pass catcher and that in space back uh which we know is what makes him great uh, next, Marshall Lattimore. You want to talk about another person that has been outstanding. He has been the best player in camp so far. He's been absolutely outstanding. I think it's just one catch that he's allowed so far throughout training camp and team drills. He has shut down everybody that has come his way, every bit of competition, every opportunity, every uh, target that's gone his way, everything. He has been able to make those stops. He has several pass breakups. He's been Titan coverage. He's been outstanding uh, so far, and he has looked like his old self. And that's going to be huge for the New Orleans Saints. They went four, they went what, four and six without him in the lineup last year. So seeing him healthy, seeing him ball out, and knowing that last year's injury wasn't really one of those injuries that you go, okay, that's going to be a long standing thing that continues to like rear its ugly head. It was just kind of weird situation with the lacerated kid or the kidney laceration that caused the issue. That's not something that you're taking into 2023. So you feel pretty good about what you've seen from, um, from Marshawn Lattimore for sure. I know I do. Uh, Michael Thomas, on the other hand, still working his way back. Still working his way back. He's not bringing in every catch that comes his way. He's not dominating in terms of the uh, contested catch opportunities and stuff like that, but it's not super surprising. Um, you know, the, the fact that he got off to such a fast start last year was so like incredible, but he's also having to match up with guys like, you know, Paulson Adebo and um, Marshall Lattimore who have been on so far throughout camp. So it'll be interesting to see just kind of how he continues to refine his development and kind of 
uh, cap fully capitalize on his return. But then also what happens when he's going up against more inferior cornerbacks elsewhere? Like, I think that those are going to be things that end up doing that. So it's the iron sharpens iron approach or the stone sharpens iron as somebody was nice enough to correct me the other day, but I believe iron sharpens iron is the scripture. And so you look at the opportunity there for him to get better against, you know, these really, really solid DBs and then in season go up against less solid DBs. I think that that's a, that's a situation that you really like for him and he'll continue to develop further or, or re re comfort, you know, I don't know the phrase I'm looking for, but kind of settle in a little bit more over the course of the next 11 days of training camp. Uh, Paulson Adebo has a stronghold on cornerback two. Uh, for me, this is no longer a competition. It's all Paulson Adebo's to win or all Paulson Adebo's to lose at this point. But for me, he owns that cornerback two spot. Uh, and Alante Taylor is working out in the slot, but that's not going super great either. So I think that what you're looking at when it comes to Alante Taylor right now is matchup based rotation that he'll get his opportunities. Like they're not going to keep Alante Taylor off the field. And I know a lot of folks have said things, and I was actually just having this conversation just yesterday uh, about like getting the 11 best players out on the field. But Alante Taylor doesn't, isn't one of your 11 best players anymore when he's forced to play in the slot. He's not one of the 11 best at that point because you're forcing him to do something that isn't his best. So he's got to be a guy that plays on the outside. That's where he's most comfortable. That's where he's most effective. That's where you've seen him be a game breaker, a game changer in certain cases. But right now, Paulson Adebo, who was already coming in as the incumbent guy, has just balled out so far during camp. So I like this for the New Orleans Saints because, again, it either means that Paulson Adebo wins that battle outright or Alante Taylor has a big-time turnaround that that wins the battle, and you're not going to be able to ignore that. So this is no shade at Alante Taylor at all. He's going to get his playtime. He's going to get his opportunities, and he absolutely deserves them. Just that Paul Sadibo is playing really, really, really well right now. Um, Peyton Turner, Carl Granison, Tono Passanio, all of them have been aided big time on the defensive line by the addition of Todd Grantham, the Saints' new defensive line coach, has done has kind of instilled this new mentality in these players to make sure that they are attacking and that they're going there with the intention of making plays. There's a real intentionality behind all that, even if it's wrong, even if it's like, hey, my run fit is here, but if I go over there, I can make this stop. Like he's right there. I can make this stop. So instead of settling on, okay, I, I played my run fit, go make the play. And you're seeing this Saints defensive line, which are filled with a lot of aggressive playmaking athletic personalities and Tonto Passino, you know, Carl Granderson and Peyton Turner, who we just highlighted, they're really benefiting from that and having a really, really good camp because of it. So shout out to Todd Grantham, who's kind of going under the radar as a big time offseason addition because he's a coach, but he's had a huge, Huge impact in this New Orleans Saints defensive line. And finally, the Saints starting offensive line could see a shakeup at left guard, but it still looks good. I still think James Hurst has been the better of the left guards that I've seen so far between him and Andrews Pete. Um, and the Saints should pay attention to that. Uh, if they choose not to, though, that's okay. I think that this offensive line, the starting unit looks good. You're a little bit concerned about the depth's ability to hold up, but I want to see them against other competition first. That's why this preseason game is going to be really important uh, because right now the defensive line is just so good for the New Orleans Saints, it's hard to get a read on. Is that because the offensive line is bad or because the defensive line is good? And that's where the preseason comes in. So that's a good transition for us because next we're going to take a look at what are the seven things we're waiting to learn about the New Orleans Saints over the course of their final 11 practices and three preseason games. Let's get to that as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's go. 
get it. Houdat Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with the seven things we're waiting to learn about the Saints' 11 last practices, but also the preseason games as well. And let's pick up where we left off. We feel good about where the New Orleans Saints' starting offensive line may be, but we'd love to see this offensive line go up against unfamiliar opponents. Is the Saints' defensive line really, really good? Or is the New Orleans Saints' offensive line something of concern? We're going to get a pretty good opportunity to see that particularly the depth behind the starters over the course of the three preseason games. Now, Dennis Allen did say that he expects to play starters for some portion of the first game in the preseason, which I think is a wise choice. Gives you an opportunity to see them early uh, before they're worn down throughout the entire dregs of training camp, but see them early and then be able to tinker and adjust based on the adjustments that you need to make from what you've seen in that first preseason game. So I do think that that's a funny, not funny, but like a good, I, was, I don't know why I said, I think I was going to say fun, uh, but fun is not really the word I was looking for. But it's it's a smart approach uh, to what the New Orleans Saints are going to do. The second thing, which goes along with the offensive line, is getting Trevor Penning more snaps. Can Trevor Penning make it apparent that he should be the starting left tackle? I think he will be the starting left tackle. But right now, it's because he's the first-round pick, right? He That was the role that he was drafted to play. But right now, what you're also waiting to see is like, hey, like Trevor convince me that you should still be that guy. And I, I don't have any doubts around it. You just want to see like, yeah, okay, Trevor Penning has arrived. And I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. And I think that Trevor Penning would like to see that too. I mean, think about it. The last two times that he's gotten considerable amounts of playing time were during the preseason last year, which ended in a dislocated toe. And then at the end of the season last year, which ended in, if I remember correctly, the Liz Frank injury. The two times that he's gotten to play considerable amounts of snaps, he's left with dreadful injuries, dire injuries. And so now you get him out on the field, you get him the opportunity to get as many of these preseason snaps as possible. I wouldn't be surprised to see Trevor Penning stay longer than the rest of the starters because then he gets the mental success of walking off the field without being hurt at the end of that, which I think would be great for him, his mentality, all of those things. So that's the offensive line and Trevor Penning. Uh, the next thing, that, uh, sticking with the offense, is seeing high offensive efficiency against... A, an unfamiliar defense kind of like we've just discussed with the offensive line is the offensive is the defensive line really good or is the offensive line really bad which is the conundrum of training camp um you kind of have to wonder the same thing when it comes to offense versus defense because the saints defense has been outstanding but the saints set out to build the nfl's best defense which means your offense has to go up against that talent every single day it's the catch 22 of building a strong defense is that your offense kind of struggles and look Offenses usually kick up towards the second half of training camp while defenses usually win early. And so with that being the case, over the course of these next 11 games, over the course of these next few or 11 practices and next uh, the three preseason games, you just want to see some high efficiency marks from this New Orleans Saints offense. If they go in there preseason game one, drive down the field, score a touchdown, and then waltz off, you're feeling much better about that offense. You still feel good about it now because you know what Derek Carr has done. You know who Michael Thomas can be. You know who Chris Olave is. You know what this tight end room has turned into. Like You could still feel good about it, but boy, it would be nice to see it in those moments as well. So seeing that in the preseason, that early game will be good, but watching that kind of tick up throughout the last 11 practices, which will be great. Which, by the way, if you were a fan that was planning on attending Thursday, August 10th, uh, the Saints have canceled, or not canceled, but the Saints have no longer allowed that practice to be open because of the ongoing heat advisories. If you want more information about that, you can head over to NewOrleansSaints.com. Um, here's the next one. Uh, health. Just be healthy. I ain't got nothing to say about it. 
other than that, I mean, I guess I would do because I always do. I talk a lot. That's what I do. I get paid to do it. So I might as well talk. Um, we have seen three season ending injuries already through what, two weeks of practice or three weeks of training camp, whatever it's been. Um, we've seen several minor injuries. We've seen injuries to guys like Demario Davis. We've seen injuries to guys like um, Rashid Jaheed that are keeping him out for quote, a few weeks. It's not great. It's not great. And, and people, people got mad at me when I said, Hey, I'm not feeling too good about the saints, you know, um, about the saints and their health right now after the Trey Turner thing. Everybody was like, you're just overreacting to one injury. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm there I'm watching this happen. Like, and we've seen it just day after day after day, more and more injuries. So, um, you just want to see that curb and, and, and hope that like, okay, this is just the early going of training camp. Everybody's taking their nicks, bumps, bruises now. And then it starts to maybe like flatten out at the end. We'll see if that's the case. Um, I want to see more of Chris Olave balling out. This isn't anything that I need to see improve. I just want to see it Kim continue to do what he does. He was he has been incredible all throughout training camp. One on ones, team drills, seven on sevens, routes on air. He's incredible in routes on air. He's making catches over guys where guys aren't even guarding him. It's been ridiculous. Like he has been so good, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. But I am curious about who another wide receiver will be to maybe rise to the top, especially with Shahid sidelined. You've got Michael Thomas, you've got Chris Olave, but who's the next guy behind them? And you know, Brian Edwards has not had a strong camp. Um, you know, Lynn Bowden's had some really nice moments. James James Washington has had some really nice moments. Shaq Davis has had some really nice moments. At Perry's getting a little bit more comfortable, so we're starting to see maybe some of these guys begin to trend up, tick up a little bit. Keith Kirkwood's been reliable. Uh, Traquan Smith has been too, but he's also dealing with a groin injury. So there's just a lot going on at this position. So who's going to be that next wide receiver to kind of rise to the top and say, "Hey, I can be wide receiver four, wide receiver five. I deserve this roster spot." All that that can maybe be something that, especially as the offense kind of gets more in rhythm towards the back half of training camp, usually. Maybe there's an opportunity for one of those wide receivers to stand up there. I want to see an continued, a continued focus on filling important gaps. This has been a big thing by Mickey Loomis, Michael Parenton, and the New Orleans Saints pro personnel staff. Them going out and bringing in Anthony Barr, them going out and bringing in Kareem Hunt, that was the right thing for them to do, even though the contracts didn't work out or even though whatever didn't work out didn't work out. Um, but going out there and bringing those guys in, knowing that you have holes there and trying to fill them, fill those gaps, I think that's smart, and I think that that's exactly what you want to see from this organization and what you want to see from the front office is not ignoring things, but going out there and addressing things. So I'd like to see a continued focus in that. And then finally, uh, just more standout moments for some of the drafted rookies. Brian Brzee has been stacking them up. Isaiah Foskey has been in the backfield a little bit more here lately. Kendra Miller looks like he's been you know, an NFL running back for at least a couple of years now. <laughs> he looks really good there, and he's continued as a pass catcher. The wheel route for a touchdown and seven-on-sevens the other day was impressive, all those things. But just more and more just continuing to stack those moments. And that goes for Jordan Howden, for Nick Saldaveri, for Jake Hayner, and for A.T. Perry as well. Like you want to see all of them continue to just kind of stack moments, find wins, and then kind of have those standout moments that say, okay, that's A.T. Perry's highlight moment of camp. That's Jake Hayner's highlight moment of camp, Nick Saldaveri's, so on and so forth. So just continuing to see those guys rise to the occasion is awesome and, and looking forward to seeing uh, more of that. All right, y'all, coming up on Locked on Saints later on today, we'll be live again right after practice or a little bit after practice to get you all caught up on everything. I have my big network locked on meeting for like two hours today, so it'll probably be after that. So expect an evening live stream tonight uh, where we'll kind of go over everything that happened in today's practice. But if anything huge happens, I'll try to get home quickly and then get that up uh, before that meeting. So uh, I'll keep you up to date on all of it. But I appreciate y'all as always for 
uh, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day for making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on whatever social media you're using, at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.